What a guy. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Man, I, I love that song that Lisa sang. Uh, when the darkness presses in, I still am going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, you know, as uh, I thought about this Sunday, I thought it's something funny to kind of share with you. And um, I laughed pretty hard on this one. Uh, and uh, it talked about a, a couple that was going on a trip. He just so happened to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So he's a big guy. So him and his wife were going on a trip. They decided to stop and get some gas before leaving town. And they pulled into the gas station and she got out to go pay and he was pumping the gas. And as he was pumping the gas, he looked through the glass into the, the station and noticed that she was pretty active in her discussion with the gasoline attendant and using expressions, but she was smiling. So he thought, I wonder what's going on in there. And uh, pretty soon she came out and he said, who was that? And she said, that, that was one of my former boyfriends. <laughs> and he said, wow, I bet you're thinking how lucky you are. Well, what? How lucky you are. Because you're married to me, a Fortune 500 CEO. And she said, no, I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking about how blessed you are to be married to me, or you might be working in that gasoline station. <laughs> and he might be the CEO. Ah, Brianna, you got to give me a little bit better than that one. All right, good, good. You know, sometimes it's the twist that makes it funny. And sometimes in life, it's the same way. We thought it was so much this way until we got revelation through the Word of God. And then we go, wow, that clears it up so much. We kind of laugh at ourselves and we thought, man, we were thinking that way. This sermon today is another one of those where a lot of times we'll go through life and we'll, you know, uh, not read the instruction book as we talked about last week. And we say, why, why did I go this long without realizing this? Because, you know, putting together a... a an item that you buy and it, you know, you, you have to construct it and you got to put that into that place for that to work. And sometimes it doesn't look like it should even fit. But the instruction manual says, you know, pretty much trust it because this is how it's done. And when you follow the instruction, it goes so much easier. And that's the same way with the Word of God. And, and we've been talking about the blessing, and we've been in this for several weeks, and the reason why isn't because there isn't more to talk about. It, the reason is repetition a lot of times gets us thinking in a way, and it gets us to learn in a certain way that just hearing it one time is not enough. As we're talking about the blessing, and we've, we've talked about the blessing for several weeks, that there's two things that I'm trying to kind of get us away from, and one is that and sometimes through the church you hear this, that the measuring rod of your spiritual maturity depends on how much you have, you know, the prosperity in your life. And, and, and that, that there's nothing that could be further from the truth except the opposite, which means the poorer you are, or the more poverty that you're in depends on, again, your level of maturity, spiritually speaking. The prosperity that comes in your life 
is a sign of the favor of God. It just loves you. You know, when we come to know him and make him personal Lord of our life, and we enter into what we know is salvation, that you didn't do anything for that. You can't buy it. You can't jump through a hoop. It's a free gift of God, and that's what favor is on our life. There are some things that we don't walk in that, again, gives us the ability to walk into that favor, into that blessing and prosperity that works in our life, even though sometimes it shouldn't work that way. It doesn't even make sense. As we talked about through the Old Testament, this is before the cross, the favor of God was evident on a person's life by... And it's undeniable by the possessions that they owned. And, and it was it, it is so uh, obvious that you see that people were like Isaac was uh, being prosperous even in a time of drought. That doesn't happen without the favor of God on his life. Same way with Abraham, his father. Same way with Isaac's son, Jacob, and, and how you can see in Joseph and the, the blessing of God working through them. But... When it gets to the New Testament, God says it's more than just what is happening on the outside, the the evidence of the blessing, but it's on the inside working on the outside. It's evident because of what's going on on the inside. Now, the verse that I've been reading, I want to read again so that we can kind of set this up, go a little bit further in the chapter. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and I'm using the Amplified Classic Version. The Amplified kind of stretches it, you know, kind of adds definition to it. It doesn't add to the Word of God. It just adds definition to the words that are there to make it more clear. And in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, I want you to look at that. It's so good that you go, wow. But a lot of times we don't read this often enough to make it even a confession out of our mouth. We do not... uh, Read it enough that you can even pray this scripture. God, I know this because this is your word. It sounds so good to be true, but God, it's your word, not my word. And Father, I'm praying this over my life that it becomes evident in my life. Now watch this. Look at this. And God is able to make all grace. Look look at these words of uh, just, I, I mean, it sounds like an exaggeration. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, every. (laughs) I say this and you're reading it with me and I don't want to insult your intelligence, but I want to clarify that a lot of times we see words like this and we go, wow. And you think about it a little bit longer and you go, wow. And you think about it over a few days, you go, wow. It's It's believable because it has to be believable. It's the word of God. But it's up to me to put my faith into what God's saying in this passage of Scripture. Okay, I'll try not to interrupt again. Let's go through it. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you, so that you may always under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Have we not heard about stories about uh, maybe a situation where a a family is without food and and they put their faith in God and, and they get to the table by faith and they sit down at the table. They don't have any food. 
But they're praying and believing and there's a knock on the door. And somebody's there delivering. Anybody heard that? anything similar to that before? The lights are blinding me. I don't know if you're raising your hand or not. I've been on that situation where I haven't been at the table with a fork in my hand, but I've almost been like, I don't know what we're going to do. And how, how, many, how many knows that somebody bringing food, but also a box full of diapers? Hallelujah! Right at the right time. But there's something about hearing that story that you go, wow. But there's something even more about a story that you are the one knocking on the door. I want to be the person knocking on the door. Anybody beside me? This is what this passage is saying. Look at it again. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Why? So it's not just so that you, you can buy a nice meal out. But we're going to talk about that. That's not always bad. And that's not against God's will. Well, we'll talk about that. But let's just for now say... The reason, look, one of the reasons is it'll come to you in abundance so that you may always, <laughs> oh, Pastor, you don't know the circumstance. It says always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. In other words, we are self-sufficient to be the giver. Have you ever uh, thought about, uh, and, and we talked about this a uh, few years ago when we went through a series on um, um knowing how to be wealthy because we are wealthy when we're children of God, just in our everything that God has blessed us with and looking at it different than what the world looks at. I never have enough. There's always somebody wealthier than me. Somebody else is meeting the need. But if you remember, have you ever uh, been in a situation where you thought that you were going to present a need to somebody rich and they might have given you a few dollars? And you thought, they don't know how to be rich. Now, if I was rich, I could tell you how to do it because I'd be a It's kind of funny because think about it. God is saying in this passage of Scripture, I'm going to bless you so much that people are going to look you up because you demand. You the woman. That they're going to bring those people. Those people will be coming to you because God has blessed you to be able to meet that need. This isn't in my notes, but I think i got to say it. Sometimes, if you ever heard the, the illustration of they can put fleas in a jar, and they put the lid on the jar, and the flea jumps up and hits their head on the jar until it, eventually they can take the lid of the jar off, and the fleas will only jump up as high as that lid is because they're tired of banging their head on the lid. For some of us, we've been, God, I don't know if I have enough. So I'm not going to give that much. I, I don't. And here's the thing is, even if I have now, I don't know if I'm going to have more tomorrow. In the next day, my supply is limited. God says, your supply isn't limited as long as you're tied with me. So it's, for this sermon, some of you need to start unscrewing the lid and throw it away, okay? Your head might be hurting because of past things in your life, but don't let that become your belief system that now you're making choices out of that belief system that will put you in experiences. 
Listen, our Father is a God that is the God of more than enough in your life. Last week we talked about the kingdom of God is in us. It's not meat and drink. It, it, it is not uh, these ceremonial sacrificial uh, sacrifices of the Old Testament. Jesus says now that the kingdom of God is in us. And we talked about then another step, not just that the kingdom of God is in us, but that we believe the lordship of Jesus Christ, not just making him Savior of our life, but Lord of our life. Now, now again, this is something that a lot of us that have been in church will go, amen, amen. We get a little clarified in our life and we go, whoa, 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 slow down there, fireball. I don't know about that. The Lordship of Jesus Christ is really, uh, I've never been in the military, but I've been around military people and it's a whole different mindset. And you that have been in the military know this that you do not go up to your commander and say, I got another opinion on that. The military trains the soldier to say, yes, sir, in order for them to be in, in sync with the whole team, the whole uh, battalion or whatever, the, the group that they're in. It's the same thing as God sets his word in, in our path and says, if you'll just say, yes, sir, don't allow the circumstances or somebody else to speak against my word and give their opinion. Just say, yes, sir. Let's look at it. If you look at this passage of 9-8 and God is able to make all grace, everything, let's go a little bit further. Look at down verse 10. And looking at the theme of inside working to the outside. And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply. There's another word. This whole passage of Scripture, I don't know if there's a more pregnant passage in the Word of God. You know what pregnant is, right? I hope you do. Uh, Yesterday we had a a baby shower, Kristen Cruz, and and she's expecting. Expecting, that's the word that we use, expecting. If you've ever been expecting, you're on high alert around the time of, you know, the time for the baby to come. You go through a nesting urge, you get it over, because you're expecting. Nowadays, you know, if you want to know the the sex of the animal, (laughs) in my case, four children, love all four. I found out all four of them and didn't tell Gwen one of them. Sorry, the fourth one, we, we did find out about Brooke. Which one? She's trumped me. The first two is the only ones I knew about. But they, when you know you can start hoping and you start doing all for me, Luke, first son, I started expecting things and I can't wait until the day that he can throw a ball with me. Dad's, anybody else beside me? And the day that he comes, he just lays there. But there's an expectation in, in this passage of Scripture. It is just an expectation. If you listen to this, in verse 10, And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply multiply your resources. Multiply. Not just add to, but multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifest itself in active Goodness, kindness, and charity. Active. It's active. It's alive. It's, it's motion. Woo! 
Look at verse 11. Why? Why bread? Why seed? Listen. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous. And your generosity as it is administered by us, Paul talking, will bring forth thanksgiving of God to God. Some of us need to go back and read that until that raises the lid off of our life. Because we live in a world that is cynical and will speak against the prosperity in the believer. We've talked about this since day one in this series, that we have to get our minds around God speaking to the father of our faith as our example that says, I'm going to bless you in order that you be a blessing. And so Abraham begins, I believe that he says to the lordship, or you could say the kingship of God, yes, sir, even to the point of sacrificing his own son. What else? What else? And because he's so blessed, you can see that he becomes a giver. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I want you to see this. Because when he talks about God's going to not only give you bread to eat, but seed to sow... Watch this. As believers, we hear the word of God and we know that we know that the word, the word of God changes us and it changes our destiny. Word changes our, you know, all those things that we go through, changes our thoughts and our thoughts, our choices, our habits, all those things until our destiny changes. But just because you know the word of God, just because you have the wisdom that comes to the word of God and it can transform your life that you might know God's good, perfect and pleasing will for your life. Watch this. That doesn't mean that you're going to take that revelation and change your life. It's important to take the Word of God and begin to apply it to our life as soon as you hear it. As soon as you hear it. You become doers of the Word and not just hearers of the Word of God. So so this morning, look at this. If you read that passage, it is telling you, you do not want to eat your seed as well as you don't want to sow your bread. Because it's stupid. (laughs) There's nothing like having bread to eat. The things that God has blessed us with that that we enjoy. The, The things that not only pays for uh, the enjoyment of life, like our, our house payment or our, our cars or our, uh, just to be blessed, the, the bread that God gives us, the, the, the ability to, uh, have you ever seen gas at $3.50? I get my, Did God give you $3.50 a gallon to pay for it? That, that's the abundance of God to be able to do that. The bread that he's talking about. He will give you bread to eat. Not, he's not using it just as food, but the things of life. But also when it gets into the place where he says that he'll give seed for the sower, that is the money that goes back into the kingdom of God that he's asking us to sow back as an investment for us, for our future. There's nothing... I, I, I should say nothing, that, but it, it, it brings great joy to me to be able to share 
this, this subject, the bread that God has blessed John Miller and Gwen Miller with to bless our children. And, and it's, it's in things that, uh, it, you know, for, for me, I, 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 this is just me, and I'm not speaking this over your life, but this is the bread that God has given me to share with my children. I, I have three daughter-in-laws and, and a daughter. And so four daughters in my family. So I decided to do something. I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to take those four daughters out two at a time. <laughs> the Puerto Rican experience. All right. <laughs> I don't think she shot, shot, shouted me down until now. But I, I've taken those two at a time out to a very nice white tablecloth restaurant. Now, I had as much fun as them, but what I did that had more fun than just me going to a nice restaurant was to take them. And, and their eyes lit up. And, and you know how it is. Come on. When you're in that early stage of your life and you go, what would you like to drink? Water. Sometimes you want water and there's nothing to get. I, I usually give, but I'd say, oh, we're going to get this and we're going to get that. And they're like, are, are, are you sure? I wouldn't have suggested it if I wasn't sure because I'm paying for it. <laughs> we pull up. I remember in the 20s, I would find that spot way over there because I'm not letting that valet park because I'm not going to pay that. <laughs> what did I do? Pull right up to the valet. And I looked at the guy that's opening my door, and I said, why don't you go around and get their door? I'll get my own door. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Being able to share the bread with my children and, and to watch their face of saying, I, I, I couldn't do this. We couldn't do this without them. The loving Father that we have, sometimes we have to realize, has more than enough and wants to bless us in abundance. It begins to take the lid off of thinking, oh, I don't know if I have enough. Or watch this. It'll take the lid off of you thinking, what is yours is yours to keep and nobody else's. It becomes stingy. You become stingy and thinking, no, 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 no. Now, I want to let you know that it's not that my daughters are going to say, that wasn't enough. Do you see the parallel that I'm trying to make with our Heavenly Father? He gives us bread to eat, but He gives us seed to sow. Now, now let me take a breath and, and look at something a little bit different. We'll come back to money. When we talk about fruit is a symptom of health, it, it wouldn't be too healthy if you had an apple tree that you looked out there and it wasn't producing any apples. There's something wrong. When we know inside out, when we know that the fruit of the Spirit is working in our life, we know those things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We know that the love, the, the love that God has for us, but we are producing love as part of the kingdom of God. Where, wherever the kingdom of God showed up, it collided with the earthly system of operation of sin, death, and destruction. If somebody was demon-possessed and and Jesus set them free. The kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God collided with that and set that person free. 
when somebody was having a funeral and Jesus showed up and raised somebody from the dead, boom. The kingdom of God collided with the world system and there was a deliverance, a healing, a resurrection. When you have the fruit of the Spirit being active fruit in a healthy believer's life, it's the same thing as the bread and seed. In that revelation, how does that work? How does that apply? How does that look like? When you receive the inward, listen, inward ask of the Holy Spirit in your life, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. When you follow the authority of the commanding officer, our God, and he says, I want you to exhibit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control in your life. That, that's fruit that I desire that's coming out of your life. The inward ask of the Holy Spirit is the kingdom of God can collide right now where you are at this time with the people that are around you by demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Let me say it this way. Which one is bread and which one is seed when you talk about the fruit of the Spirit? They're both. We enjoy ourselves walking in love. Joy. Peace. So, well, I don't really enjoy peace. Just don't have it for a while. We enjoy that. We, that's God's given us the ability to enjoy that for ourselves. But when it comes to being, again, able to have the fruit of the Spirit inside, working on the, to the outside, then we go into a situation. Do you remember way back in the Old Testament in the, in the Garden of Eden when I talked about God said, be fruitful and multiply, work the garden. If you stop and think, what was their job? To work the garden, to multiply it, to expand it. For us in our time period, after the cross, I believe that we are here to again demonstrate the glory of God through uh, understanding the kingdom of God working in and through us as well as obedient to the Lordship when He tells us to do something. It, it is expanding. It is allowing God to work through His children into a world that desperately needs Him. And he chooses us. So when somebody is going through something, and, and listen to me, th this is the world that we live in, that you're not going to have to um, walk in this. But this is the world that we are in. When the world has a problem, everybody does that. Whoa, I'm going over here. I, I, that's not my problem. Is it? Come on now, isn't that a lot easier than getting involved? But you're anointed to get involved. When the Holy Spirit asks you to get involved, and again, I, I, you are blessed and equipped on every situation, under every circumstance, but the Holy Spirit will lead you at the right time, at the right place to be able to speak in somebody's life. And it's like giving them uh, whatever you think is valuable. It is very valuable to them. As you experience the love, joy, peace, patience, the fruit of the Spirit in you, you're giving it to them in that situation. 
that you're working through, again, the, the revelation of the seed and the bread. Are you totally confused? Hopefully not. Again, when you see the kingdom of God manifest, and you'll see it in people's life when they go, who are you? And you go, you don't have to be super spiritual. Can I just help you on that? I am a child of the Lord. Don't, don't go there. You say, I have been blessed by my God. Thank you for noticing. Giving Him glory. Matter of fact, if you don't believe this, look at John chapter 15. That God blesses us in order for us to bring glory to our Father. Okay. Look at lordship when it comes to sowing seed. If you look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, the Pharisees are, are picking at Jesus again, which they thought they were very good at until they tried it. And then he would always, you know, just answer the question in a way they never thought of. They were trying to trick him in taxes, and Caesar was the guy on the coin. And so they were saying, should we pay taxes? And he, he told them, give me, give me a coin. And the coin had Caesar, and he says this. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. If you've never heard that passage before, what he's talking about is, yes, pay taxes. And listen, I, we, we could go there on taxes. Let me just say this. I, you know, taxes tells what you made. It doesn't tell you how much you can make. Do you realize that the blessing that the world we live in is that we get to pay more taxes because it make it says that we made more instead of the other way? Now I get it if you don't think that they're managing it right and all that. I, I know that. I know that. And if you were in the part of government that you could, you'd do much better. I, I, okay, okay. All you have to do is go to a third world country, not a second world country, but a third world country. And when you get back, you're wrapping yourself up in the United States flag. It's a good place. He said, pay taxes. But then he says something, give to God what is God's. He's talking about the tithe, the 10%. That, now, let me, let me just warn you, this is a trick question. Is the tithe the seed or the bread? It's neither. <laughs> I quickly say that. When you read about the tithe, the tithe is saying, this is God's before we even start because he's blessed me. He's given me the ability to gain wealth. This helps me get to the place of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the other stuff will be added to me when I put Him first in my giving, in my tithing. 
That's where, where your treasure is. That's where your heart's going to be. Or you could say, well, what, what was it treasure? It doesn't matter. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure's going to be. Or where your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. So put your heart in the right place. And so God just says, hey, what I want you to do is I want you to give me 10%. We're going to be talking about the 10% of what it is. But a lot of you have experienced what tithing is not. And, and I knew at this time I needed a little break and a little laughter. So listen to this video of how funny some people look at tithing ads. give to God by enjoying what he has given me, okay? I mean, do you really think he expects something back? Now, I know there's a lot of people at church that would not understand this line of reasoning. That's why, just to make things simple and not to cause any controversy, I like to carry what I call the little empty envelope, all right? You see, when the plate gets passed, I bloop, put it in there like that. The deacon's counting the money. They only know me as the crazy empty envelope guy, but the people sitting around me, clueless. <laughs> I win, they win, God wins. No one gets hurt because no one knows. God knows. Huh? Let me ask you a question, huh? How's your mutual fund? Hey, for that matter, how's all your funds? Ha has the fund left your funds, huh? Has your do-re-mi taken a W-A-L-K, huh? <laughs> what if I told you that I knew about an investment you could make that the return would be mind-boggling? And, 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 it's, and it's promised, it's guaranteed. I know what you're saying, there's no guarantees. This one's guaranteed, okay? Malachi 3.10, so it says in the Old Testament, it says, test me, give to God, and he will give you back. It goes like this, I give this, he gives this. I give this, he gives this. I give this, up right up there. He keeps giving, I can't outgive God. How crazy is that? <laughs> Do I love him? Sure, whatever. I'm just saying, if you give, he gives back. <laughs> I tithe. But just not like in the form of a 10% check per se. Let me tell you what I mean. When I go to church on a Sunday morning, they're selling donuts, I buy some, boom, that's a tithe. When my whole Sunday school class wants donuts and I, out of the goodness of my heart, buy a whole bunch for the Sunday school class, boom, that's another tithe. But it's not about me spending money. It's about the smile on people's faces. That, my friends, is tithe enough for me. Case in point, the church was having date nights where we could take our spouse out for an evening, and they were charging $25 for childcare. Boom shakalaka tithe. But I'll tell you what the biggest tithe was. When I spent over $100 on our meal, and my wife was grinning ear to ear, that, my friend's a tithe. I, w I would like to give. I would, okay? But everything right now is just... Crazy. I mean, just crazy, you know? I mean, not normal crazy, really crazy, you know? And if after I paid my bills and took care of the things that I need and want, then I would, I would consider giving something, but not, now's crazy. We're, we're, we're gonna give later, we've already talked about it. I mean, down the road we'll be crazy givers, but right now it's just crazy. Yeah, I have money, that's a fact. But you know what, it's a heart thing between me and the Lord and the pastor because he needs to know what I'm giving now that we have this little building campaign going on, if you know what I'm saying. And pastor, I'd give a little bit more, I'd give a little something, something if you'd have that music minister sing a couple more hymns now and then, huh? Hey, what's this, watch this. 
Is that a Benjamin? I think it is. Benji likes hymns. Come on. You want it? Ah, come on, Pastor. Do what I say, huh? <laughs> oh, in my life, Lord, be glorified in me. I put money in the plate. Wait, wait, wait. Look what I have here. I hope it doesn't interfere. That everyone can hear how I give with cheer That everyone could be like me Jazz hands! Alright Trying to be funny, not legalistic when it comes to tithing, so many people, in, in uh, again, the church culture have, has tried to build it into being the law, which was given by Moses. And, and the truth of the matter is, Moses did not give the tithing. It was Abraham, the father of faith. Now, again, it was uh, clarified through the, the law, but it was also even given in the New Testament when Jesus was talking, Jesus... You know, the guy that a lot of people just call is a good teacher. <laughs> For us, he's Lord. And, and he's talking about when the Pharisees had, you know, they, they overcame the thought of tithing. They, they said, you know, that we'll even tithe off the tent of our herbs, our, our dill. They, they would like cut up, you know, their herbs and 10% that they would tithe. But then when the weightier things of the the whole principle of giving came up, like taking care of their parents, they would say, we don't have enough because we tithe. So you have Abraham. Again, it was verified or clarified through Moses. It was spoken of by Jesus. And even the early church uh, taught on it. If you'll study church history, that they even believed in it, even the first 100, 150 years after Jesus walked on the earth. Again, I want you to understand, it's not like something that says, okay, now that we're under grace, that we don't have to tithe. That, that we believe now that everything belongs to God. Yeah, yes, I know that. But there is something of a principle that was set in place for the believer so that, again, we put God first in our life. And it reminds us who's the owner and who's the manager or the steward over what has been given us. Um, let me say it this way, that after the cross, we realize that God did not replace the law because every part of the law is going to be confirmed through that. But again, there, there's some things that even goes through the cross that's still in place. Even though that we know the Ten Commandments, after the cross, we know that thou shalt not kill. If anybody has a problem with that, still wrong. You still follow that, okay? Does that make sense? You don't tell your mama she's an old bag. Why? Because the law says, don't dishonor your mother or father. But you still, in this time period, after the cross, you still walk in that. <laughs> Some of you are going, what's that about mom being an old bag? I didn't ever... Let me show you one other principle. Look, look at Luke 16, verse 10. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to talk another passage, but we'll come back here quickly. In Luke chapter 16, 
again, here's Jesus and he's speaking. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little also can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? True riches, okay? And it goes on to verse 12. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's, someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Listen to that. Because we're in talk, the, the principle he's trying to say is, if you can't be trustworthy with God's property, the tithe, how are, why would he want us so that we'll have our own? Verse 13, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Pretty strong, isn't it? You'll hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and desire or despise, I'm sorry, you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourself in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. What, he, what a translation King James calls it mammon. Either you'll serve God or mammon. That's a Syrian term for the God that, that actually the Syrians believe the God of riches. It, it was a spirit. He's talking about it being actually a personality. Yeah, a ghost, a spirit, the God of riches. The God of riches, mammon. You can't serve God or mammon at the same time. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because you look at it. He's talking about a spirit that today even influences the economies of the world. He's saying, as a believer, as my children, don't allow that to influence your life. You can't serve me and the spirit of money. Do, do you understand that money is not good or bad in itself? You look at, a, like the guy said, a Benjamin, $100, and $100 bill, and it's not bad. It's not good. I can, I can buy food. I'll now exaggerate to make a point, okay? I can buy food to feed the children, or I can buy an assassin. Good bet, okay? I'm not going to buy an assassin. Relax. It, it, but it is the personality that comes on a person of allowing that to guide their life. Let's continue. Verse 12 says, And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Again, increase abundance coming on the Christian, the believer that is trustworthy with God's property. Okay, you forgot already. And God is able to make all grace... Every favor and every earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may and may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donate. Every good work. Okay, so again, let's go back to verse 13 of Luke chapter 16 and talk about the lordship and the kingdom of God right here. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Talk about it real quickly, the lordship. 
You'll devote it to the one and despise the other. How do you know? Now listen to me. The, the thing is about the grace of God is that you could say, uh-oh. And just say, God, I, I've been thinking the wrong way. But have you ever got to a place where you went to church and the pastor started talking about money and you started despising? There, there's a, a feeling of frustration, uh, anxiety that comes over the person that's in the church. And you go, man, I, I, I despise when the pastor starts talking about money. Aggravation. The issue hasn't been released into the lordship of Jesus Christ. You're still fighting about the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life over the money that's, that you think is yours. Re- remember last week real quickly about the sower in, of the seed and some fell among thorns, and the reason why the revelation of the word of God didn't be, it wasn't fruitful, because the thorns had choked it out. And he says, what's the thorns? And he clarified what the thorns were. It was the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of money, and the desire for other things. Again, despising, holding. This is mine! And the Lordship of Jesus Christ is saying the kingdom of God needs that resource right now. I've already made you abundantly blessed for every good work. Are you going to... That's mine. You ever gone to a a children's birthday party and maybe a visiting kid is playing with the toys there at at that house and they go, no, no, this is mine. I'm taking it home. And mommy goes, no, it's not. Have you ever been a retiree and somebody asked for some of your retirement money? That's mine. The difference between the law is it requires of you, but grace enables you to be able to do that. The, the anxiety that choked out what God was trying to get to them. The worries of this life. I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I might need this. He's going to give you more tomorrow than you have today. Now listen to me. I can come under conviction. And, and I'm not condemning anybody in this place. Because the guy with the hand up had to overcome this in his life. Just because I was raised in, in, in church and my parents taught me tithing. You know, we talked about this and we taught our children. You got $5 from grandma, 50 cents is God's. And we go, okay, okay. When he gets up there to your paycheck and you know you're bringing in it's pretty more than $5, $50 or whatever, you're going, whew, what I could do with that little extra right there? Wrong. I had to settle this, not the tithing part, which is the start. But then talking about offerings and being able to really believe that God is not going to just provide me with one time blessing, but it's a continual blessing that I'm walking in. You know, sometimes we have this tendency to think that, you know, I can... 
I can spend enough to really change my identity, you know, to make me feel better. L- listen, don't go broke trying to look rich. Act your wage. Again, let let me end with this. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are not praying for survival. Hear me. Some of you didn't get that. When we pray, God, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're not praying for survival. God, just give me enough to make it through the day. God says, I am more than enough for you. I I can give you love, joy, peace, patience. If you'll just follow my word, that is fruit that's going to come out of you. So when you are in a situation where you go, that's none of my business, and the Holy Spirit says, yes, it is your business. Get over there and show them a little of whatever. Love, peace, patience that you are demonstrating. You have more than enough. As well as the dollars that are in your pocket that now you have taken and made them into a blessing to somebody else. Again, as as I'm ending this, just this few minutes that we're together, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work on you. Again, God can change your belief system so you can walk in obedience to the word of god that you don't come over here and kind of you know kind of conjure up a little bit of a your own word of god i kind of mix and match a little bit of this philosophy and this what grandma said and this is what you know the pioneers that didn't have enough and they had to struggle out there on the wilderness so they came up with you never know how god's going to work come on Trust Him that He has abundance. He's furnishing us in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Mm. There's the illustration that I said about somebody sitting down and saying, God, I need you to provide right now. You might be there. Don't, don't, there, there's nothing to be ashamed of. But listen, I, I believe, this is John, I believe that you should not stay there. That you begin to look at things that you might not think are that valuable. There might be clothes in your closet that you can give to somebody as a seed. There's things that you could do out of your own labor. Say, God, I want to sow into that person. That you begin to look, God, you have blessed me with all this. God, what is the seed of all this that I can sow into the kingdom of God? That I can provide the, 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 the every good work that is needed. Watch. Watch what God will do in your life. It begins to be fun to be the person knocking on the door. And they go, Oh, God, thank you. Why? Because you're able to hear God's word say that I have blessed you with all abundance so that you can be ready when I call upon it. God, thank you today for allowing us to come to this place that we might be able to look 
long and expect, God, for you to show up in our life. God, that there's no situation that's going to come that hasn't, you've already known about it. You're not surprised. You're not disappointed because you have children that are waiting to hear your voice. That's my opportunity. And God, they take your opportunity to be able to be a blessing. God, when, when the darkness presses in, God, it, it's a heart issue. And we've already settled the heart issue that, God, you are Lord of our life. And God, we will say, blessed be the name of God. Why? Because we've already settled that heart issue that you are Lord of our life. That we walk in the Lordship of Jesus Christ over us. Father, we know that you have a plan for us and it's a good plan. Better that plan than we could even come up with on our own. Father, we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Now watch this. Really quick, I want you to hear this. Work day is Saturday. We need everybody there that can come. It'll be so much easier if you make it. Bring your weed eaters, bring your overalls, bring everything. We'll get this done quick. Number two is we're going to have water baptism. If you want to have be baptized and follow in obedience, they're going to be a meeting right up here. And next Sunday after service or towards the end of the service, we're going to be a water, there's going to be a water baptism. Number three, at the end of service, we'll dismiss everybody that needs to go home, but the membership that's going to go through the business meeting, we're going to have a business meeting to discuss and look back for the blessing that God has put on our church for last year. Three announcements. Now watch this. You get all that, you put it over there, remember it. Now let's go back that God has blessed us in every circumstance in order to do every good work that he has. Would you stand Lisa's going to sing this song that I get all emotional when I think that God, every time I'm going to say, blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen.